Hey everyone, welcome back to Take to Take with Luke Burroughs, Nick Robinson, and Patrick Talent. It is May, and as usual, that means the NHL regular season is coming to an end. The Montreal Canadiens, six games left. The Ottawa Senators, five games left. And I just learned 30 seconds ago, that is the sixth place Ottawa Senators, not the seventh place Ottawa Senators. I would be curious how long Ottawa was in last for. We can go back and look that up because I think um, it was... I, I think somebody said on one of the broadcasts this week, it's like it's pretty much the first time since uh, like two weeks into the season that they haven't been last okay. place. I, they were briefly first place in the division after their first game when they beat Toronto. I'm pretty All sure. All it took was Vancouver to be six games in hand over Ottawa. But you never know. Throw... They could lose the next six. Throw could back you imagine to... if, if Vancouver came last instead of Ottawa? Boy. Remember the episode preview we did where Nick said if there's one team that's down there in the bottom with the Ottawa Senators, okay. who I actually think Ottawa could pass, it's Vancouver. Okay, and but again, Vancouver. Ottawa has 51 games played, Vancouver 45. So Still, it's just you know what? Let's just pretend that was the only prediction I made in our regular season prediction show back in yes. January. We're gonna pretend that's the only one. We could yes. ignore the rest of them. Um <laughs> Probably my Vesna one, especially ignore it. But uh, yeah, we'll have yeah, to get that's there because those weren't very good. But the other night, uh, Saturday, there was a game between the Ottawa Senators and the Montreal Canadiens. A shining young star coming into the league scored a goal, and uh, Tim Stutzla. Nick, what did I now? I know you mentioned you didn't catch the full game, but what did you, what did you make of that uh, overtime loss to the Montreal Canadiens? Well, as I was saying right before we started the show, um, you know, I was pretty thankful that the stream that I was watching on cut out right as soon as the overtime sort of started. Uh, But I caught everything up to that, which was going really, really nicely for the Senators, Pat, up until, what, 10 minutes to play. And just the one Montreal goal sort of just changed. One Jeff Petrie rush changed the entire onset of that third period and of that whole game. Um, you know, the Suns-Habs games have been really, really entertaining. I think for the most part this year, they've had some really good tight contests. This was obviously no exception. And, um, you know, if you're the Senators, you like what you saw for the first 50 minutes. And if you're the Canadians, you sort of wish you could play that full last yeah. 10 minutes like you do every single game. Because if they showed that kind of urgency, perhaps they're not as uh, worried as they are right now going into the playoffs. Yeah, Uh I think urgency is the big thing and consistency is Montreal is notorious for having a fantastic first period. Um, not, not last game against the Sens, but just other games. Amazing first period. They come out flat and then it's usually a, a third period push. And um, no, I thought that game was really good. I thought uh, the difference a lineup without Shea Weber makes uh, Ben Sherratt looks extremely competent. All of a sudden uh, the power play is clicking because they're not, feeding volume shots just from the point there. They have to be creative. We saw Nick Suzuki working his magic, all that stuff. So um, I thought it was pretty cool. And um, it was, it was just another good game. And like, I don't know, I, as much as Ottawa irritates me or there's like the history, I, I still enjoy watching the Sens this year. They've been, they've been fun. And um, obviously the OT winner, that's the one, that's the one time Montreal actually did OT properly. They didn't do the Deneau Byron Sherratt you know, to start. They put out to Foley and Suzuki and all that stuff. And then, obviously Caulfield to get it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I was going to say, do I need to cue you or are you just going to mention no, it briefly at the end there? Oh, no, it, that was, that was pretty Like You could not have written it better. And he was like, here he has like 14 shots in three games and he's been 
getting so many chances. So might as well be 14 goals, really. Yep. But he he did have that one chance. I think it was in the second period where he sort of just waited around. I think it was uh, Zub and then took a wrist shot trying to get the far corner. And Gustafson sort of juggled it for a second. I thought that was going to be the one that leaked in. I thought that was it. But um, you could definitely tell as that game was going on, even though um, Caulfield looked to be growing confidence, which was, yeah. you know, weird when he was all of a sudden benched for the final seven minutes of the game. Yeah. But I guess good on the Canadians to at least get him out there in the OT frame and oh, yeah. for him to be in that moment. But I think my only takeaway other than, um, you know, tough loss for the Senators, but, you know, you're, you're liking what you're seeing from guys like Shabbat now post deadline, especially oh, yeah. he was good. But my main takeaway from that game, Dominic Ducharme, please, please wear your mask properly. I thought DJ Smith was bad. Oh my God. Every time they put the camera over to Dom Ducharme, it's, it's on his chin. Cause it's not even cause DJ Smith has it below his nose. Dom Ducharme just has it off his chin every <laughs> single time, just not on his face. And then I noticed whenever the monitors on him, I think he pulls it up. Cause I think he knows that he's on TV. Uh, but you see, yeah. So the Montreal Canadiens are making the playoffs that has become clear over the past week. Looking at this, if, if you're counting Ottawa out, which we have been, you can essentially count the flames out as well. You, well, you can now mathematically not, count Ottawa out. They were, they were eliminated from the playoffs after uh, losing that game. Were they actually? Yeah, no, that's oh. literally it. As soon as the overtime winner went it in, happened. it heartbreakingly eliminated uh, the chances that I had so dearly hyped myself up for that the Ottawa Senators were going to be in the playoffs. One thing, so, sorry, bigger okay. takeaway is the group of Sens fans that think Gary Galley is uh, pro Montreal Canadiens. I saw that going around Twitter. I thought that was the funniest thing. There yeah, is a- I, I, there was a lot of criticism for uh, Gary Galley just because of the thing. And he, you know, we can have this conversation like even now, like. I feel like every team with the Sportsnet coverage this season has had their issues with the announcers. I think everybody thinks that the commentators on Sportsnet for the national games are against their team, which like, uh, you know, sometimes they can come across that way, but I think people on the Sportsnet platform right now are just, you know, looking for reasons to be upset at the people covering the game. Like um, I know the Leaf fans took, particular issue a couple weeks ago when Jim Houston was doing the Canucks games um, that they played Toronto in saying that Jim Houston was heavily favoring um, Vancouver. And then, you know, Ottawa always seems to have issues with Jim Houston um, when he does Toronto, Ottawa games. He hasn't done any this year, obviously. Yeah. But, um, and, and then Gary Galley on Saturday night. And I'm sure Pat, the Habs fans have their own issues with some of the commentators. I only thing I saw was a, a series of tweets that were suggesting that he was, he's a Habs fan. I've never seen a, I heard a commentator who was, who people think are more like anti Habs than, than Gary Galley. I just thought it was funny. But um, anyway, sorry, Luke. That's Go okay. Ahead. So the Canadians are making the playoffs. Out of the north, it's Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal. And Patrick, because you kind of have the spotlight here with uh, Vancouver and Ottawa down in six and seven, though it's going to be a fight for uh, six there. So we'll, we'll keep tabs on that. But as a Habs fan, yeah, I can't really see a scenario where Montreal plays Winnipeg. I think we would all agree there. They're going to either draw the Maple Leafs if they come fourth or if they jump Winnipeg, two points behind, same amount of games played, they will play the Oilers. And catching the Oilers isn't crazy, but 
no, it's probably not going to happen. So as a Habs fan, I assume you want to play the Oilers over the Maple Leafs. Yeah. I Give me your yes. thoughts on, on both those scenarios. Uh, again, it's kind of looking more likely you're going to play the Leafs, which would be a heck of a series. But if the Canadians and Oilers play, maybe not everyone's first choice, but that does mean the uh, Leafs and Jets play, which I think we've all kind of agreed is the best chance of the Leafs getting bounced in the first round, Yep, which is also a good thing. So, you know, as the, uh, as the sole entrant to the playoffs, Pat, how are you feeling? I did not expect Winnipeg to lose six straight or whatever it is. And now is I've been saying this every single year when Montreal's had an opportunity for the last or every single week when Montreal's had an opportunity to really secure that spot is this is a must win. This is an actual character test. This actually is a character test because they have not won three games in a row all season. I think even in their hot streak when they've lost, it would have been an OT loss to Vancouver or something like that. But now is really the time to do it. And I'm now that they're they're locked in fourth, there's no point in wanting them to lose out because they're there and Calgary's not going to pass them. They're not going to lose out. They're making the playoffs. It's just a matter of who I want to see them play. I don't want to see them play Toronto for a number of reasons. Um, you know, living with a Leafs fan is one thing. Being in Toronto is one thing. Uh, I don't know if I can handle that mental health wise. And then obviously, um, I don't know. I kind of want the first half of the Leafs playoff series for there to be fans involved. And I know that's not really a something we can control, but I, I want them to leapfrog Winnipeg. I really do. I want Winnipeg to keep struggling and Montreal to grab that third spot because I'm a lot more confident in the Habs going against Edmonton. Uh, just overall depth, defense, uh, goaltending even. I think it, it it's better than Edmonton and Montreal's done extremely well. McDavid against Montreal only has, it's funny, he only has six points compared to every other team where he's nearing double digits. Uh, same thing with Dreisaitl. So Fingers crossed for Edmonton, but I don't know if it'll happen. I think it's going to be pretty close. I think the only scenario in which – actually, out of those four teams, I don't know who I would cheer for, to be honest. Um, personally, probably – well, uh, anyone but the Leafs, I guess, the more I look at it. I love to see the Jets do well. I love to see McDavid do well. And uh, I don't hate the Canadians, so – there you go. I don't know. I think Andrew. everybody sort of wants to see the Oilers do well because I think everybody sort of wants McDavid to finally get further in the playoffs. That's really... again. It was it was fun when the Oilers got into the second round in 2017. Um, and they should have won that series that they played against Anaheim that year. But, you, you know, it, you, you want to see McDavid do well. You want to see the best players perform. That's really it because um, the Oilers as an organization having success, I you can argue they don't. Well, yeah, you can argue they don't really deserve it after the way that has been handled, but you can't deny uh, everyone wants to see McDavid do well because he more than anyone deserves that. So we're about two weeks out. We'll see. So we are we are going to talk about it. The, the elephant, the 600-ton elephant in the room. We are going to talk about it. The room that is Luke Burroughs' head. Yeah. yeah. A lot of real <laughs> it stuff. Is, yeah. And we'll, we'll get there, but um, we'll be back after, after this short break. But, but when we do come back, we will, we will talk about it. So this is going to be a conversation that I consciously need to do my best not to get too riled up about you can get riled up from time to no time. yeah no, get, no, no. get riled up for, for the sake of the show but i know me show. when i get riled up i don't make any sense and i can't 
I can't articulate my words well and I just start blabbering. So uh, we will see. And I'm, I'm going to, I want to hear a lot from you guys as a, as a third party to this whole thing. But essentially for those who don't know, and I'm not sure how you couldn't, uh, but for the, for those not living in the North division. Like, yeah, really. Those weren't um, obsessed with Twitter either. In so Vancouver's last uh, Vancouver just played uh, two games against Toronto. And then previous to that two games against Ottawa, previous to that two games against Toronto in those first two games against Toronto, the games Vancouver initially came back from COVID uh, Alex Edler knee on knee on Hyman. And he was suspended for two games I don't know if we need to talk about that hit exactly. We've done a show since then, but I, I think everyone agrees the hit was dirty, whether there was intent, um, maybe not so much. We can get there. But in Edler's first game back, uh, well, no, it wasn't. In his first game back against the Leafs, a minute and a half into the first period, Wayne Simmons goes after him and makes him fight Alex Edler's first NHL fight ever. He goes after Edler, makes some fight. I wouldn't even really call it a fight. I'm not sure if Edler landed a punch. Simmons just went at him. Edler buckled down and took it, and and that was it. He went to the room for a bit, but he was back. And that wasn't that wasn't even the the biggest conflict out of all of this. The biggest conflict out of this was the the Canucks and Leafs discourse over the next 24 48 hours on Twitter on Twitter. any kind of media really on television on radio you name it it was there and it was about the code and it was about whether that fight should have happened whether Simmons should have had to do that whether Simmons wanted to do that whether Edler should have had to take that and it it's caused a lot uh, a lot of rifts between the two fan bases i will say that's maybe i mean you you see you see two fan bases go on it go out go at it on social media many times that was maybe the worst i've ever seen it that was very um that got very aggressive and very uh violent at times but there's a lot to unpack here so let's go through the process let's start with the initial hit uh it was over a week ago now and a knee on knee Edler uh he was he was obviously tired well tired from COVID uh the COVID break they had but tired after the end of a very long shift and he him and Hyman come together and uh the end result is a knee on knee that's the end of Edler he's gone for two games what are your guys' opinion on the hit just let's stick with that for now uh and the hit and the uh, punishment Patrick, what do you what do you make of that? Okay, uh, the hit itself is dirty, and I cannot see how anyone can see how it's not. It is. It's there's a knee on knee. You can argue intent to injure. You can argue uh, malicious intent, all that stuff. It's a knee on knee. I don't think he was trying to injure Hyman. I don't think he was trying. I think he was trying to break up the play and ended up being a knee on knee. Regardless, it's a knee on knee. It's a dirty play. It's a dangerous play. Hyman has a history of knee injuries. I think he uh, ACL injury a couple years back. I don't remember 100%. It's a knee on knee. Uh, the punishment was what? $5,000 fine? Or what was it? I don't remember what the punishment was. Two game suspension. Oh, it was a suspension. Yeah. I think that's a perfectly reasonable suspension. I think the play itself 
he was what on there for three minutes killing a penalty he could not get off he was dead tired i think he wanted to break up the play regardless it's knee on knee it's a dirty hit i think that's a fair suspension i think that's a fair punishment and i think pretending it's not dirty or whatever canucks fans are saying the few canucks fans are saying then i think that's just silly because it's it's a dirty hit it is yeah absolutely is i agree with everything you said there pat it is a dirty hit dirty play Again, you get the context of like why that happened. Edler was on the ice for pretty much three minutes at that point. You, you understand why that play played out as it did. Obviously, it does not excuse what Edler did. And given the NHL's criteria for suspension, you know they do take into account player history, um, injury on the play. Do we know what Hyman's injury is, or is he still? Has he played since then? I don't think honest, so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't okay. think so. Let me, I can share. Yeah, either way, um, you know, the player history is a big part in the suspension criteria. And, you know, Alex Edler is a pretty respected player. I hasn't no, been he, punished for these things in the past. He, he doesn't have like a perfectly clean slate, I think. Both right. I, like he had a suspension at the international level and then he had one a few years ago as well. So, right. But, you know, he's played a long time, he's had a long career and doesn't have a huge history of laying that those types of hits he's not a big gritty hitting type of player that's that's what alex edler is so um you understand what the suspension is two games i think is perfectly reasonable for stuff like that obviously you can make the argument for more than that but i think as a bare minimum two games is it's fine i agree so serves a suspension um misses misses time against the leafs and the senators who were wedged in between those two two game series and he comes back and like i said about a minute and 30 into the game probably edler's first shift um they're in vancouver's end simmons comes in and makes them fight um simmons gloves and stick are down way before edler's which again like i don't necessarily have a problem yet and it's a it's a pretty one-sided fight i'm not sure if anyone I, i mean i assume most have seen the video but edler doesn't really know what he's doing. I think he understands he has to be there due to the code, quote unquote, which we will get into shortly. But he takes he takes the punches. That's it. Um, luckily, no one, you know, everyone was fine after for the most part. But this is where it gets kind of tricky. And this is what most people have been talking about. Lots of questions. Should Simmons have done that? Did Simmons want to do that? Should Edler be a person that gets that kind of punishment after his suspension the real punishment is this idea of the code is this an example of it or was this something else what is the code that's a big question because i'm not sure anyone really knows and it it just it kind of gets it gets pretty messy so again let's try to keep this as straightforward as possible what do you guys think of simmons going out and doing that uh, and and the fight itself again very one sided. Edler clearly didn't want to be there. Uh, did not have want anything to do with that. But I think it's obvious he he understood it was something that was expected of him. So Nick, I'll start with you. What's your take on Simmons here? Do you do you understand? Do you respect what he went out and did? Now I know you are a very um, unique opinion, I guess, here because of your uh, your perspective on fighting. But go ahead anyways. Well, yeah, as uh, I'll restate it for anybody who hasn't been listening to the show since the days back in semester or season <laughs> one of Take to Take. 
um, during the infamous Pat Nick yelling match about fighting. Um, you, you guys know I'm, I'm not big on it. I would prefer to see it otherwise removed from the game. Um, I want to see it least amount of possible, which is really funny considering I watch mostly the team with by far the most fighting majors in the league. Um, but in terms of this hit specifically, you, look, it's impossible for us to sit here and um, pretend we know like what went into um, Simmons' decision to go out and fight. Was he instructed to do so? Was this something he got up uh, on the team bus and said, look, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go after Edler. Um, he's got to answer for that. Look, it's impossible for us to know. Um, in terms of that play itself, <sighs> that's the gray area with hockey, right? It's, it's, again, it's stuff we don't know because personally, I think, you know, it's not like Edler wasn't suspended or kicked out of that game or it cost the Leafs games here. Edler was punished by the league. He was kicked out of that game. Um, I, I don't know how much more Edler has to answer for. He's already suffered by not being on the ice for Vancouver in a critical part of their season. He suffers financially by not playing. So I, I, I don't get it. That's the part I don't get. Does he, he has to go out and risk injury now fighting to so, further defend himself from something he's already been punished for. That's the part I really fail to understand in all this. So Patrick, I'm going to jump in here because Nick brings up some good points that I yeah, want to get on before I forget them. Two things here. One being, yes, Edler was already punished. So I, again, we all have varying definitions of the code. Some of them are similar. Some of them are not. But my understanding is Edler was suspended. He took the punishment. I think I didn't hear even Leafs fans say that it should have been more than two games. I think everyone thought, yeah, two games for that is fair. He took the punishment. He served the punishment. And then he comes back and gets punished again. I have questions about that, whether that is really what this code should be about. And the second part, I'm not saying that should never happen. I'm not saying if there's a malicious hit on your team's player that you shouldn't take it upon yourself to go and repay the, the person that dealt that hit. I understand that, especially if that hit was malicious, which this knee on knee wasn't, I will say that as my opinion, if, if the hit, if the, if the act was malicious and dangerous and there seemed to be intent there, I understand you have feeling the need to go back and, and, and deal your own uh, version of punishment to that player. I get that. And I also get it. If the player that did it wasn't punished by the league, didn't get a penalty when it happened, didn't get suspended, didn't get fined. I get that. In this case, neither of those two apply. It wasn't malicious and he was punished by the league. I do not understand why, whether it was Simmons or whether it was someone telling Simmons, you got to do this. I do not understand why that was relevant when he was already punished. And when he clear, he, he didn't go out there to injure or to hurt or just to knee Hyman. He didn't. I, it's Alex Sedler. I know, I know you can't, that's a tough argument to make that, Oh, it doesn't matter who it is. This happened. If it was I Tyler think, Myers, we would have a hard time believing. I think that. you can say that about Alex Settler. He is a league right. veteran. He should be, he's a quiet guy. He, you know, he's not as well known as he could be, but he's he's a league veteran. He's played on the Canucks for his whole career. He's he should be a fairly well-respected guy. 
um, he's, you know, he's, he's seen a lot in the league. He's, he's the one guy on this team that has been through, you know, multiple different versions of the Canucks dating back to 2011. And I know that doesn't matter to Leafs fans. I get that, but I would have expected Edler to have a bit more respect around the league. And I'll reiterate it one more time, especially when it wasn't a malicious hit and he was already punished. Patrick, do you have anything to add? I, I guess I'm, my issue isn't with the suspension. My issue isn't with Simmons fighting. I think I take issue with the entire Twitter feud and, you know, Edler being painted as this ultimate supervillain, which I just don't think he is. Look, the Leafs are paying Simmons, what, north of, north of a million dollars? Was it 1.5? 1. 1.25 or something. 1.25. Like that. That's a lot of money for a guy who's barely an NHLer at this point. And, he has a job and that's to be a crash and bang fourth liner to be a leader because the Leafs have been uh, what they've been told that their past couple of years, they've been a soft team and now they have Foligno and, and Simmons. That's what he's supposed to do. So whether Edler is suspended or not, look, we don't know how Simmons was instructed if he was instructed or if that was just his choice, but that's his role and say what you will, but that, that's just his role. And he did it. And I think even though it was Simmons, <laughs> landed some pretty good punches i also think simmons held back a little bit and i think that's that's an important thing because edler i don't think edler landed a single punch which so. no i don't think he did and you say simmons held back which kind of proves the point he probably didn't want to be there no um, I, I don't i don't i think he held back because it's alex edler and alex Edler couldn't fight if that's tyler myers tyler myers gets two games and then Simmons goes out and they fight. I don't think anyone's holding back. I just I why why do you have to fight? I agree. But, well, because, okay, but that's the Alex thing. Edler, like. Look, I don't want to. I don't look. The players know the code. We don't know the code, but there's a code, and they. I don't think. I don't think the players. No, but know the code okay, much more. I'll, I'll, I'll cite Ice Guardians real quick. They talk to a bunch of NHL players, and they'd always say, "Well, we know what the code is, but we don't really know what it is. We just have to protect each other. It's more of a gut thing that you." you mm-hmm. take into account yourself so, so i guess we don't know the code and i guess maybe they don't either but they they have a better understanding of it is what i'm trying to say so my only issue with it through all of this is it's a dirty hit edler should have been suspended if edler and simmons want to go at it that's their choice but simmons is going to make that choice because that's what they're paying him for only thing i'm looking for is some consistency uh if Corey perry or shea weber were to jump Austin Matthews because of his knee on Josh Anderson, I don't think you'd have the exact same energy coming on Twitter. No, Josh Anderson wasn't injured, but Austin Matthews stuck out his knee. He was shaken up a little bit. That's still a knee on knee. But no one's talking. Right, it, right. the logic has to be transferable across any situation, any player, if that's if we're applying yes. it to Simmons and Edler. So, I think that's the thing I struggle to see because it, it's just not transferred to star players and stuff like that, right? It's it's a difficult, really gray area, which, you know, makes quote unquote, the code difficult for people outside of the games itself to understand. Exactly. So let's, let's take Jason Spezza. Um, he's, he's a lot old. He's been in the league quite a bit longer than Edler. It's the best example I can find. I don't want to use Tavares because he is very good. He is that star player designation. Let's take Jason Spezza used to be a star player. I think we can all agree. He is not anymore. He plays for the Leafs. He's not. He's not a dirty player. He's not a. Oh, sorry, Pat. Dude. Oh, sorry. I'll I'll get back to it. He's not. He's not a significantly physical player in you know in the sense of a, in the sense of like I don't know even a Tyler Myers. If if Spezza goes out and 
uh, does that exact same hit on, I don't know, Tanner Pearson. Again, uh, that's that would be my equivalent. Should Spezza go out and get jumped the next game? I, I, and again, I will concede Spezza ha- is more of a veteran than Edler by by a f- to a few hundred games. I will say that, but I I would like to say Edler and Spezza are roughly grouped together, and I don't think Spezza. I think Spezza has gained enough respect in this league not to go out and get targeted. And I, I think, I think I hesitant to say it, but I think we can all agree if Spezza went out and got, and got jumped by Antoine Roussel, Leafs fans would be irate. Can I jump in real quick? Cause this is yeah. what I want to t- touch on what no one's talking about. Cause everyone, even, even the fans that are admitting, no, there wasn't intention injured, but he still injured him. So he has to answer the bell. By that logic, Timothy Lilligan should have to answer the bell for running into Mott. While, no, it wasn't intentional, Mott has a history of concussions. Right. Just as much as Hyman has and history of knee injuries. So, no, but if it's if it's if if he's injuring someone after a split-second lapse of judgment on a three-minute penalty kill after, if we want to get into, after having COVID, all that stuff, you know, isn't the code also about that? If he runs into him, then, then why shouldn't someone have to answer for? Well, that's it's just the consistency. thing. That's the and thing. I think you know Edler being a veteran carries a certain weight. Lilligren being uh, you know a, a young guy entering the league carries a, a certain amount of weight because I mean, and I'm all, I only talk about this because Ryan Miller just retired, but Ryan Miller has a a lot of Canucks fans have a spot soft spot for Ryan Miller because in Troy Stetcher's fourth NHL game against the Leafs. He got mauled by Matt Martin uh, in the Canucks own zone and the play was down on the other end and Matt Martin is beating on Troy Stetcher in the corner and Ryan Miller skates out of his net and tackles Martin to defend the young Troy Stetcher. Yes, but that's what I'm saying is people are saying, well, because Edler is older and Simmons are, is older, that that can be a thing. But those same people are also saying that a, hit, a dirty hit is a dirty hit no matter what. You should have to answer it to but, answer yeah, it whether or not you have history. And so, I think... By I think being a, being a rookie and being a veteran should carry a similar amount of weight in that sense that they should have a veteran should have some respect and a rookie should have some, I don't know, leeway maybe. I, I also want to interject with uh, like with fighting in general, the most common defense to it is, you know, the phrase that the players need to police the game, need to police themselves. But Again, like I'll go back to it, and I made this point earlier. If Edler has already been punished for this, what do the players need to police here exactly? That's the most confusing part to me. Why do they need to police the game? I I understand it if the NHL doesn't suspend Edler, yeah, and the Leafs are furious at that, and they feel like they need to take justice into their own hands and police the Canucks. I understand that. But the player's already been punished. So I, exactly. I don't know why he's got to answer for things. And, like, let's keep in mind here. I think at the time of this hit, like, the Leafs were, what, close to 30 points ahead of the Canucks in the standings. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot believe that at this point, like, that's something that they were that furious about or that concerned about this late into the season with a team that, you know, with all due respect, is otherwise – should be irrelevant to the Toronto Maple Leafs at this point. And again, I, I agree with that, that, you know, NHL served that punishment. And I'll, I'll say it again, like I did a few minutes ago. Um, not a malicious hit, nothing personal against Hyman. Edler did not go out there and target Hyman. He was not in a position where he could have pulled up. 
it's not like it's not like he saw it coming and he executed the hit anyways that there's just those are the two big reasons why i i don't see why the code had to be enacted here on hockey's a dangerous sport things like that are gonna happen like that's that's a prerequisite to playing the sport that you know that like plays like that are gonna happen because it happens so fast Heinen just happened to pull a move a good move on edler to elude him and it, it was a bad result. That's just, it's a prerequisite with hockey. That happens. And neon um, knees, more than anything, are the ones where you've got two players going at each other. One jumps around the other, and it happens so quickly. And the one player, he, he doesn't even think about it. He just sticks his knee out because he's trying to get any piece of body on that player trying to jump around him. Yes, it's dirty, and it can be dangerous. But it is not. it is not a... A premeditated act a neon knee is i mean i'd have to think about it but it's probably one of the fastest you know offenses in the league you don't you don't go in trying to knee someone i mean i'm sure there's examples but more than anything it's when a player tries to jump out another player and it's just an instinct for for the edler in this situation to try to get some kind of body part on him yeah and you know in this case i think i saw an article about it i think it was from uh editor and leaf and um, somebody was talking about how, you know, Simmons really in doing this, cool. his, yeah, um, Simmons in doing this really didn't uh, show any leadership or anything like that at all. In fact, he's just doing something that was completely unnecessary to paint this image of how tough this Toronto Maple Leafs team is. And I think, um, again, if we can, people are going to sit here and call the play intentional and stuff like that. But I, I seriously don't see how you can intentionally knee somebody. And that's, that's the part yeah. I struggle with the most here. And it, it's just impossible to know what the code is because it, you can justify anything yeah. under such On the blank code. pretenses and stuff like that. Right. You can, you can justify anything. There's no preset rules here to what the code is or can be, or can be applied to um, yeah. it, it, it. Just that phrase in general, it's going to be used to justify anything. Including exactly us. like as a as a Canucks fan whose opinion doesn't really matter at all uh I'm I'm not upset with Simmons at all I I'm not I I understand the situation he was in it's more it's more just upset at both the reaction it received which it's Twitter man again it's Twitter it's doesn't Twitter. affect the on ice play and then upset with just the whole code in general. And I know it goes both ways. I'm sure I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure there's been instances where maybe a Canucks player has violated my understanding of the code. And, you know, it, it's just, it's, and it's I think a, we can, we can point to the, sorry, we can point to the Myers Armia hit because Myers didn't face any supplementary discipline, discipline. Exactly. And Armia and, had a concussion. So then Edmondson fought him and then that was it. And in they that situation, think. yeah, no. So out of those two criteria that I talked about earlier, there was no supplemental discipline. And that hit, I think Myers could have avoided that. It wasn't a split decision like a knee on knee. I think Myers yes. could have gone in yes. and done something to sort yes. of not. not but that, that that's hit. a good example of the code, I think, actually. Working exactly. Yeah, I agree. That is a good example. The, so. and the Yeah, player safety didn't make the right call. Montreal has a guy who's out, you know, three weeks for a concussion. Myers doesn't get off. He doesn't. He can't just continue playing without facing some consequence. So yeah. Edmondson fights him, and then that is done. a very good example. It, yeah, right. That's the kind of code I. And the only for. thing I'm saying is, if all these people sends or uh, Canucks fans, Leafs fans, saying, "Oh well, history shouldn't matter, age shouldn't matter, whether you're a veteran or not shouldn't matter," 
then fine. Then Edler has to fight Simmons and someone has to fight Lilligan by the exact same logic because yeah. Lilligan's wasn't intentional to the same extent. I don't think Edler's was intentional. So yeah. consistency, consistency, consistency. Twitter is Twitter. That's just, that's just. Yeah, I, I don't like any of it, but at least in that context, if it's transferable across anybody, I can at least understand it and yeah. somewhat respect it. We kept that pretty civil. I think that was that was good. Good job, yes, guys. That was good. We did it. Good job, me, for keeping my my temper intact. But we'll get you riled up one day. One yeah, day. we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. Short and sweet episode today. So we want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back later in the week, hopefully, and hopefully there are no more codes to discuss. Maybe some uh, playoff implications. Hopefully. But until then, take care and we will see you later. Thank you.